You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth along with my partner today, Deacon John Foucault. We just got done interviewing Deacon Jacob Toma, a newly ordained deacon for the Diocese of Duluth. It's funny that, you know, as we wait for our next guest, is that there is really a transformation of a, of a guy from pre-ordination to after-ordination. Yes. Everything changes for them. It just reminds me of a story. This is, I was still a seminarian. There was a guy I was in the seminary with. He was a year ahead of me, and... Uh, I remember going down uh, to we, you know, when you're when you're in the seminary in the spring, you always go to a whole bunch of different ordinations and and of classmates and so on. And then he, I went down to Iowa. He had been ordained like the week before, and then we were traveling to another ordination. And I said to him, so he'd been only ordained for a week as a priest. I said, so Jim, what's it like? You know, I mean, what's it like to be a newly ordained priest? And his answer was so, good, I, and I've actually used it in homilies. He said, you know what? He said, two weeks ago, nobody cared what my opinion was on anything. <laughs> he said, all I was was a lowly seminarian studying for the priesthood. Nobody cared. Nobody, nobody came to me for advice. He says, but now there's a, like making appointments to hear what my opinion is on things. And, exactly. And counseling on people just because you're ordained. You're ordained, yeah. Which yeah. is great. You know, it's a great testimony to what, what does the sacrament of holy orders actually mean. And so Deacon uh, Jacob is going to experience now in the, in the coming weeks a to, true transformation about what he was viewed as from the faithful. And he had experience that we went to his home yeah. parish in Hibbing this weekend, yeah. you know, given his first homily in his home parish. Um, he's viewed differently from that he moment is. in time. It's, it's the end of that mass. He's viewed differently by everybody that's known him. It's his funny whole because as we were down in the uh, church hall or the church basement of the cathedral, right before um, he was, we were going processing in, I went up and, you know, embraced him. I said, I said, so did you sleep last night? And he says, he said, I slept okay last night. But he said, I don't know if I'm going to sleep good tonight. He says, because now I've got a responsibility for souls that I didn't before. <laughs> totally different, yeah. And so uh, he had some pretty good comments about that. So I, uh, he's, he's got a good a good grasp on it. But it, it's, uh, it's just interesting to see, you know, people for all the crises that or you know holy orders has gone through over the last 20 plus years that the the faithful catholics still mm-hmm. have a very high estimate of of the ordained and and it should be more for the ordained of the office than the person exactly but, but yes. the office is important so yep. anyhow so uh we do have our next guest online around theoni <laughs> bell theoni uh welcome to real presence live could you uh, just give us a little bit of uh, background about yourself Hi, thanks for having me today. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom with three kids, and I homeschool. Uh, Before I got married, I uh, got a master's in journalism, but wasn't able to use it until I fell in love with Our Lady of Good Health. So I've spent the last nine years um, kind of seeing uh, my research into this apparition as uh, kind of a secondary call in my life. And just been trying to... Go ahead. So, so what got you into that? Well, I mean, what, yeah, what, what, what spoke to you about, uh, about this apparition? Do you live in the area? Have you visited there first? Were you moved? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm from the Midwest, and I'm a convert, and all I really knew was that when you have a petition, if you're Catholic, you make a pilgrimage. So I looked online and found the shrine back in 2013, and my husband and my first daughter and I went out there, and we prayed um, to conceive a second child and for my husband to get into grad school. And within three months, I was pregnant, and he was in grad school. We all moved to Canada. So oh, yeah. that's how my interest was peaked in the first place. 
How many times have you visited the shrine since? I've only been there one more time this last August. It took us nine years to get back there. What'd you ask for that time? Well, that's kind of a personal um, question. I, I know, I know. You don't have to answer that. You don't, I just want to you throw you. To I just that. want to throw you off a little bit. Um, no, I, that's fine. We need parenting help. I mean, can I get an amen for some parenting help? Amen. Amen. Is that what you, is that what you asked for? Yeah, I asked. I mean, this process of of researching Our Lady of Good Health has also led me to pray an awful lot to her, and she's just always bringing me. Um, answers to prayer when I pray her novena. But the main thing I've prayed for is just to be a better mom, to be a better catechist to my kids, and um, she's always there when I when I need her. My wife and I were there in May for our anniversary, 36th anniversary. Um, right around that week, we made a pilgrimage to a variety of shrines, and Our Lady of Good Help is one that we stopped at, and it's a beautiful shrine. I don't know if you've been there, Father I, Richard. I, I don't believe not. so. So, um, so oh, go ahead. I was going to say the grounds are, are amazing. It's out kind of in the middle of the farmland area. Uh, they've got the, the church, and they've got a chapel down below it where many um, prayers have been answered in that chapel. Individuals have come in on crutches and walked away without the crutches. They've come in in wheelchairs walked away without them. Um, it's an absolute incredible uh, shrine. And if anybody listening does uh, different pilgrimages, I would definitely encourage you to explore this one. So, Theoni, so now, okay, there might be a lot of listeners out there that don't know anything about Our Lady of Good Help. Could you yes. just give us like a, yeah. a brief summary of the message, what happened? Just let listeners know that maybe just totally introduced to this. Okay, so um, in 1859, Our Lady appeared to a Belgian farm worker named Adele Bryce. And at the time in Wisconsin, it was a very dense wilderness, and um, a lot of immigrants were coming over from Belgium in that area, and they were a very tight-knit community, but they were entirely isolated in that community without churches or priests, and they were, you know, losing their faith and just caught up in the struggle of living. So Adele was 28 at the time, and she was bringing wheat to a grist mill, and Our Lady appeared to her between a hemlock tree and a maple tree, just hovering in the woods. Um, and Adele went home and told her family that Our Lady did not speak. So they thought it was a soul from purgatory, and they began to pray for this person. Well, Our Lady appeared again when Adele was on her way to Mass. So she went to confession. She told her confessor what had happened, and he said, you need to find the courage to ask, who are you and what do you want from me? So on that very same day on the way home from Mass, this is the third apparition uh, where Our Lady finally speaks to Adele. Adele asks, who are you? What do you want from me? And Our Lady delivers the message of Our Lady of Good Help. And she says, I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. Then she tells Adele to make a general confession and to go to Mass and to offer her Masses for the conversion of sinners. She says, if they do not repent and um, do penance, my son will be obliged to punish them. The second uh, mission that Adele was given by Our Lady is was to gather the children in the wilderness and to teach them what they need to know for salvation, which is what Our Lady said, to catechize them, to, to teach them the sign of the cross. And um, so Adele made that her life's mission. She went around in the area amongst her own people first and catechized the children in the local farm. Uh, sometimes she was hiking up to 50 miles away uh, up the peninsula there in Green Bay. 
And then after she had prepared them, she would bring them to the Church of the Holy Cross in Green Bay, and they would receive their sacraments from a priest there. And so that is uh, what Adele was doing until she uh, raised the money to build a boarding school, and then she built a small convent, and she pulled together some women who had been following her, and they created a third order of Franciscans. So they weren't uh, nuns, but they had made their own personal vows, and they could kind of leave whenever they wanted to. Um, in 1871, there was the Chicago Fire that most people have heard about, but on the same night, there was a fire in the Green Bay area called the Peshtigo Fire, and it was the most devastating wildfire in American history. You can find that from secular sources, too. And people in their fright as this firestorm was just consuming everything in its path, they fled to the chapel where Adele had decided to stay with the children, and they did a procession on the chapel grounds, praying their rosary all night long um, until in the morning a downpour came, put all the flames out, and the only thing in the area left standing, the only green patch of earth, was everything inside that chapel fence that was consecrated to Mary. So with that miracle, pilgrims started to come in great numbers, and that's where the apparition, I think, really started to take off. So how many times did the Virgin Mary actually appear? Three. Three, Three times. times. And how many times? And she spoke she, once. Once, okay. All right. How long, how long did this Adele live for? afterwards you know okay so she lived until 1896 and she uh continued the rest of her life as the head of saint mary's boarding academy and we have lots of letters of correspondence from her um they didn't charge a lot but they needed a little bit to help with some of the kids who did have parents that sent them they also had a lot of orphans um and so we have letters that either she wrote or someone wrote for her um asking people, please pay us what you promised us, or corresponding with people, um, sharing the message of Our Lady with them. Now, there's a, there's a lot of these apparitions, um, uh, Theoni, that have, like, causes for canonization or have been canonized, like, you know, St. Bernadette and the children of Fatima. Mm-hmm. Has there been any movement to uh, start a cause for this for this Adele? That you're there has. The shrine has definitely uh, met about that, and they're trying to find, uh, is it called a postulator? Um, yes, yep. To t- t- take over that cause. And um, I think they were ready to bring a, a document to Rome to send someone there for this purpose, but COVID happened, and it slowed everything down. Um, they're also trying to start a medical commission so that they can get, you know, official proclamations about the healing that... Um, we hear about so often associated with this uh, apparition. Now, this is the only certified shrine. Or what's what's terminology I'm approved. looking for? Approved shrine. Approved. Talk, talk a little bit about that process and when did that approval happen? We, we have about a minute before break. And we can pick it up after okay. break if we have to. Okay, so that happened in 2010. I think for a few years, um, Bishop Ricken had uh, three Mariologists look into the message and look into the history, and then he approved it on the Immaculate Conception, Feast of the Immaculate Conception in 2010. Now, every single apparition in the world, the first approval comes from the bishop. There is no approval from the Pope or, um, or anything like that, but the Pope can 
signal to the faithful that he he also has a devotion to a certain apparition by visiting or donating a statue or something like that. Um, that has not happened, but if he makes it an, an official feast day, then that could be a signal that the Vatican also supports the apparition. Um, it is not uh, on the calendar yet. So, so far, the shrine um, just celebrates it as an anniversary. We're talking to Theoni Bell from, uh, well, I don't know where you are from, Theoni. Where are you from? Houston, Houston. Houston, okay. We yeah. are talking about <laughs> Houston, and we're talking to her about the only apparition that's been approved in the United States, Our Lady Good Help. We'll continue this conversation immediately after this brief stay break, with so us. please stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith is always a path. Faith in God is not a form of knowledge that can be learned like chemistry or mathematics, but remains a belief. Since faith demands our whole existence, our will, our love, since it requires letting go of ourselves, it necessarily always goes beyond a mere knowledge, beyond what is demonstrable. And because that is so, then I can always turn my life away from faith and find arguments that seem to refute it. Belief is never simply there in a way that would enable me to say at a certain point in time, I have it and others do not have it. It is something living, which is inclusive of the whole person in all its dimensions, understanding, will, and feelings. A man can always still give way to this other tendency within himself and thus fall away. Faith is always a path. As long as we live, we are on the way, and on that account, faith is always under pressure and under threat. And it is healthy that it can never turn into a convenient ideology. That it does not make me hardened and unable to follow the thoughts of my doubting brother and to sympathize with him. Faith can only mature by suffering anew at every stage in life the oppression and the power of unbelief by admitting its reality and then finally going right through it so that it again finds the path opening ahead for a while. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from our last break of the show. This is Father Richard Kunst, along with Deacon John Foucault, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. We've been talking to Theoni Bell concerning the only apparition that has been officially approved by the Church in the United States, Our Lady of Good Help. Just outside Green Bay, Wisconsin, just yeah, so people know where it's at. That's we very curious. That, it it so. is interesting that you have the, the football team from the devil in the same <laughs> area where Our Lady of Good Help is. And so I don't know, Theoni, is there anything that you can see in that, anything that you can read into that that... They'd have the Green Bay Packers so close. Something so, so something so. I don't know. What's so non-religious? So close to Our Lady Good Help. Do you think there's something uh, by design with that? 
I don't know. I like their stadium. Guys, I can't get into football. <laughs> no, right, right, right. So okay. we've been talking a lot about the, the shrine, and I understand there's a lot of historical documents that surround the shrine and Our Lady of Good Help. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I was in the archives in August, and before that I was corresponding with um, one of the archivists um, for about eight years. And when I was there, I found a lot of uh, letters that Adele had written, like I mentioned earlier. There was one that was really, um, I was very happy to have it in my hands. It's a letter that Adele wrote to um, the bishop with uh, all the other sisters who were living with her at the time. And they are asking him why he had sent people to investigate. They had sent a priest to come uh, investigate them at the shrine and and listen to the story that Adele was telling. And um, they asked, you know, basically, what have we done wrong, is what she asked. And I know this is a, a problem that other visionaries and saints, people usually think of Padre Pio, in this instance and so she she is pleading with him please tell us why we've been excommunicated um and just to get just to clear that up she later did work with a bishop um so she was not uh excommunicated her whole life and obviously the apparition is approved now so that letter was there and then there were uh letters from people who had written to tell their experiences of Adele. Um, in nineteen in the 1950s, there was a sister up in the area um, who tried to pull together all she could about this story, and she wrote a history of it, and that's for sale at the Shrine uh, gift shop. But some of the letters that she had received when she was corresponding with people from Europe and from America are, are there as well. Um, and they tell about, you know, Adele traveling around and teaching the children and how she was always just a very loving uh, presence, how she she had been very soft-spoken and after the apparition became quite a fiery preacher, as one of the sisters said of her. Um, so they really give us a lot of information um, to, to kind of back up the story that has been approved about this apparition. Are those um, documents some of the open other- to the... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, are they open to the public? I got yeah. asked that before. I'm really hesitant to say they are, um, because I think it was the nine years that I kind of built up a rapport with yeah. the archivist. I don't think any just anyone can go. I think you have to have a project they would approve, and then they also stipulate like how you can use the documents. But yeah, so my if I goal, walk in, they're just not going to let me into the archive area. Yeah, that might yes, be uncomfortable okay. for yep. you. I didn't know if they were under glass. <laughs> I didn't know if they were under glass or what they were or how it was. So that's pretty interesting to hear. Yeah, go ahead, continue. Yeah, please. if you if you think of you know, it's kind of like a library that they have behind a few doors, and hmm. they've got a space set aside where you can go through all the documents, kind of under their supervision. And hmm. but that's why I want to do this, and I want to try to raise support for this um, because. Everybody owns this apparition. It belongs to all the faithful. And just in my own time of being devoted to it, I've seen inconsistencies in the stories I've found online. You know, and I've had so many questions about why certain things were done and why certain things were said about it. And I really just want to get a definitive history out there with copious footnotes, you know, and answer all those questions for people. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I was convinced of this apparition through my faith and my experience, but I'd also like it to be convincing in other ways, too. So you tell, know? Us, tell us a little bit more about a book that you're writing. So I, I wrote a book. Um, it's a historical fiction novel for middle graders and young adults, and it is the story of Our Lady of Good Health. A um, lot of my research is in that book. I tried to cram in as much as I could. But the main character is uh, a fictional person, a young girl who immigrates um, with her Belgian family. And one day, Adele Bryce comes to their door and knocks and asks if she can teach the children in the house about the Catholic faith. Um, this scene was the first scene that kind of stuck in my mind when I started writing because Adele Bryce is missing one of her eyes from an accident in childhood. So not only do you have a stranger coming to your door asking if she can teach her children but you have a woman who who was kind of unsightly and might be even kind of scary for children um, because of this disfigurement she had but her charming nature and her love of the faith and of Our Lady really won people over so in the book this is how things happened and I go through and tell the story of the patch to go fire and I deal with a lot of issues that uh, the pioneers would have had with uh, death and family struggles, and but I make it very relatable because we we still all struggle with those things now, just in different ways. So that was released in 2001. I self-published that, but then I was able to sell enough of it that Tan uh, bought the rights from me. Um, so that's uh, that's the book I already published, and I'm hoping to do a sequel to tell the second half of Adele's life. Is is Adele buried there? Yes, she is. So she she's right next to the apparition site, the apparition chapel, um, and it's it's a very beautiful plot. It's not a, a full cemetery. There's only I think three or four people buried there. Her her best friend, Sister Maggie, who also taught at the shrine with her, or at the uh, boarding school with her, is buried right next to her there. So when do you hope your uh, the next book is going to be done? Probably not until 2023. Right now, I'm, I'm writing a script. If you're familiar with Holy Heroes, they have um, a set of glory stories where they tell the lives of the saints. And, um, you know, they have voice actors, very dramatic storytelling, and um, they have asked me to write one for Our Lady of Good Help. So that's the current project I'm working on now. So one other, one other very important question, Theoni, what is your favorite color? <laughs> Yellow. Yellow, okay, Yellow. all right, all right. It's just, okay, because go ahead. That's, that's Our Lady of Good Help's color. She had a yellow sash, uh-huh. she had blonde hair, she had 12 stars around her head, and Mary's usually blue, so I thought, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to choose yellow. You know, normally I throw people off with that question, yep. but you really kind of took it and she ran with it. She nailed so, it well. It's well, thank a- you very much. Oh, go ahead, Theoni. Go ahead. What's your last thoughts? Oh, I was just going to say, it's a big color in our house. My, my whole family has really embraced this journey with me, so we've got yellow shoes and yellow nail polish. <laughs> We have a lot of fun with yellow. <laughs> yellow walls. Well, I'm glad I asked yes. that question. Now we know. Thank you very much, Theoni, yes. for joining us from Texas. Enjoy the heat yes, down there. Yes, thanks for... God bless All you right. guys. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, Bye. thanks. Now, Rachel, do we have you online? Yes. 
Rachel, can you please tell us about the next show? Yes. So on the next for Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Tim Mosier is your host coming to you live from the Fargo studio. He'll be talking with Bradley Steen about the charism of the secular Franciscans. And Father Jason Miller will be sharing about a workshop for parish musicians that is coming to Fargo. All this and much more is coming on the next Joe Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Now, Rachel, you know yes. what I'm going to say. That sounds like a very boring show compared to the one we just had. <laughs> I mean, I Wouldn't guess you'll have to that? listen tomorrow. And then, well, yeah, yeah but just on call. the face, just on the face of it, Rachel, wouldn't you have to say that just by the sound of it, that that sounds like a boring show compared to the one that we just heard? Ours are always very intriguing shows. And Rachel, what was your um, favorite part of the show today? My favorite part of the show. Yeah. Um, I liked when you guys were kind of messing with Jacob about um, not being ready on time, because I'm the one who called him, and oh. he was like, "Wait, it's today." Why are you calling? <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. So, so last time when I asked you what your favorite part of the show is, it was like all my spectacular answers during the uh, live uh, or the, oh, the, call the straight segment. talk. So that it was kind of lackluster today. Um, no, it was good too. <laughs> <laughs> she was listening. Yeah. I, was oh, listening. I don't know if she was listening. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I should give you a test. Uh, anyway, well, yeah, one question. Thank, no. Thank you very much, Rachel. Thanks for uh, um, plugging the next show, even though it's not going to be as good as this one. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> all right, Deacon John. Yes. Don't you feel like you could like do this all the time? I love doing this. Yeah, you? anytime you need me, just call. I'm always happy to well, come I, and be a part of you it. You are the one I call every so, time I need you. So nobody else fills in other than me. Well, I had Kevin Pilon fill in once, okay. but I think you weren't available. I must have been gone or something. Because yeah, he was one, he was my co-host was, for a while. For a little while, yes. But yeah. then his job took him away from the ability yeah, to be I able to do that. I've, so. I've had... I've had three. I think I've had three regular yeah. co-hosts. Well, I like doing the live drive with you. We've done that as well before. Live drives can be That's fun. That's fun. Live, I, I, I love the live drive. It's fun because I can really, I really have fun with the guests because usually you're just talking to them in general right. and not specific subjects. So and it's been very good. And uh, uh, Rachel, how much time do we got? Less than a minute. Less than a minute. How about if we start with... We end with a prayer. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this show. We pray that you may send blessings upon all those that were listening as well as our guests. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until next time, everybody, God bless. And keep listening to Real Presence Radio all the time, all the time. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.